The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what the sh- Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tranifesto. What the hell? This is happening. Special episode. It's a special episode. I know. It's it's very weird, and we're going to be releasing this in an off week. So, for those of us who are looking at, or for those of you who are looking at the um, uh, RSS feeds and seeing an episode pop up, no, not one of us has died. Uh, everything's okay. For the most part, we're all healthy. Yeah, no, we're Speak good. Speak for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Would you would you make a special a special episode if I died? I mean, I would just I would just play fucking Wonder Years over the podcast. We would just replace you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just call on somebody new. So at least you're replacing. I'm testing her out right now. Right on on, on Craigslist looking for loud co-host. <laughs> Yeah, I'm understudying for Ree right now. Yeah. That's what's yeah. happening. I knew it. Just swap in another blonde. <laughs> Ree has un- Ree has suffered an unfortunate accident involving falling on a knife repeatedly. That's weird. Funny how that happens. She yeah. fell out of her bathroom window. <laughs> Onto bullets. Anyways. Anyways. So welcome to this, again, off week's episode. Uh, so the show's been going on for a little bit of time now. Uh, we've been on since I think about January. And obviously uh, the main focus of this show has been queer representation in media. But naturally, as things have progressed, we thought we would uh, start to take a look at doing some other stuff. Uh, so in this episode, what we'd like to do is kind of a callback. So it does relate to a previous episode. If you haven't listened to it already and you have the stomach for it and you're drunk, I would highly suggest you listen to the girl episode so that this will make a little bit more sense as to what the hell it is exactly that we're talking about. Yeah, so it's like a follow-up to that, except this time it takes place in the marketplace of ideas. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) The only place worse than Belgium. Welcome to the Philosophy Bazaar. Now, before Much we like get... the girl episode, we have questionable jokes about <laughs> Yeah, so content warning, this episode, much like the girl episode, ain't gonna be fun. And because of that, and because we love her so much, and she did such a wonderful job on that girl episode, we have brought back our wonderful special guest, Lily. Lily, say hi. Hello, I'm here, here to do another round of talking about the movie that won't die (laughs) yeah like we need to talk for a minute about the fact that like we did that episode thinking that we would like watch the movie and be done with it but i feel like for me at least this movie just continued to pop up in my life just like (laughs) oh yeah like don't watch this movie because it's problematic don't watch it because i'm pretty sure it is like a poltergeist like it has just haunted me and i still wake (laughs) up mad about it and i thought i was about to get to forget about it until we get to today's topic which is that uh Old Sniffle Daddy decided to throw his hat in the ring about this thing. Our sweet double-fisting hot dog daddy. <laughs> We're here Our to discuss his, raccoon. his ideology. Our very the perspective favorite. nobody asked for. Exactly. Just so found it necessary to weigh in. So Yayo Zyvek. <laughs> Yayo Zyvek, or Slavon Zizek, as some of you know him. Uh, or Wait, Beard what Papa? was the first pronunciation? Is that, have I been saying it wrong or is that a <laughs> I joke? I don't know. 
<laughs> I really hope it's a joke. Um, so uh, recently on the uh, Spectator Life, which I believe is a culture blog website, uh, Zizek felt the need the paper to... paper of record. <laughs> yeah, the paper it's of like, record. It's like the New York Times for Lacanian okay. dipshits. <laughs> Are we sure this isn't like a front for like his Medium page? Like, right beside. <laughs> wait a second. So on, right underneath... Um, Zizek's article is an article called Hasselback Potatoes Recipe. <laughs> yeah. and another one called Discover New Art and Secret Gardens in London This Weekend. This and then, actually, so clearly the cutting age of philosophical discourse. Like it's bizarre. Yeah, and then because, dogma is naive like and incompatible with Freud. This guy writes books, but this article reads more like just an angry twit Twitter thread. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, yeah. I think this is his follow-up to the article he wrote, What Type of Hot Dog You Are in Five Simple <laughs> Questions. So BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> so yes. Um, so what we'd like to do, uh, we're going to do a bit of a um, a read of the article. Basically, Shuffler reading series. Yeah, we're going to do a. <laughs> great, we're going to get sued. Uh, if somehow Chapo ever listens to this, Chapo, come on the pod. But beyond that, uh, so I, I'll be honest. I am. I like philosophy and I like uh, philosophical arguments. I am not as well equipped as our other ghosts or ghosts our other guests. This is going to be great. I'm sober, by the way, so I need to drink in order to be better at this. So what I'll be doing is I'll be reading the article today and um, uh, all three of the other co-hosts will be just jumping in as they feel something is relevant. So mm-hmm. without further ado, uh, unless anybody I'm else so has anything excited. they'd like to bring up. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, now, despite my my wish, I am not going to be doing this in a Zizek voice all the time. I will try to do it at certain parts because I think he deserves it. So without further ado, here is the article, Transgender Dogma is Naive and Incompatible with Freud. Honestly, a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful title. Sad. So, we try so hard to be compatible with Freud, yet we seem to be failing. Yeah, you know, I read in my astrology charts that so we're actually quite compatible. Which, it's how appropriate that we just can't please our daddy Freud. It's, it's funny because I feel we'll like I, I feel like every episode we do, especially when it's like, you know, like a cis person trying to like represent trans people it always gets really freudian like i feel like every single time we mm-hmm. do an episode like freud comes up you know what i mean so yeah and so this yeah. is like cards on the table yeah yeah and so apparently we're wrong because... we're the ones who are wrong yeah exactly yeah and 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 hot dog dom daddy is here to, to put us in our place so uh he's gonna he's gonna punish us with some, uh, some philosophy now all right although partisans of the of lgbt plus like to dismiss psychoanalysts Psychoanalysts, oh, I'm doing great so far. Psychoanalysis. As out of date, psychoanalysis, psychoanalysis is as out of date. Many of them fully participate in the ongoing repre- repression of basic Freudian insights. Okay, first off, partisans of LGBT plus. Love it. Just out there. Can we just out there in the Spanish countryside, just <laughs> <laughs> fighting against? Um, excuse the me. Where is your card? I love how writing. He treats us like Club Penguin or something. It's like this isn't an often <laughs> situation. It's a political doing party. This for fun. <laughs> Holy you need to do your your ideology test before you're granted like commissar status. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I honestly thought <laughs> I honestly thought this was going to be a shorter episode, but I'm starting to have second thoughts about this. If psychoanalysis taught us anything, it is that human sexuality is. A, imminently perverted, transversed by sadomasochistic spins and power games that in mm-hmm. it, pleasure is in tr- in inexplicably interlinked with pain. Which he's right. True. He's right. Ben yeah, is he's a right millionaire. So far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so far we're so far we're on, we're on, we're on, uh, we're on even keel with beard Papa here. 
What we get from many LGBT plus ideologists is the opposite of this insight. The naive view that if sexuality is not distorted by patriarchal or binary pressure, it becomes a happy space of authentic expression of our true selves. Who says okay, that? Okay, listen, Who? first off, like, queer people are the kinkiest motherfuckers in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I don't think that... Like, authentic expression prevents you from pleasure inextricably linked with pain. Excuse me, clearly you have not seen the uh, should pride be sexual discourse. Oh, I Jesus. Don't, yeah, I don't, think, uh, I don't think it's possible to have... I want to have, take on that. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's possible <laughs> to have a queer relationship without referring to one partner as a bottom and one partner as a switch. Um, so, <laughs> wait, that took a left turn. <laughs> what relationships are you in? <laughs> <laughs> Only the best. Suffice it fair, to remember fair. that happened with the girl, Lucas Daunt, 2018. That's the fucking Our movie, by movie. the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Wait, 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 wait. The girl? The yeah, girl? He, yeah, I, I guess that might that. be the Belgian title. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's fine. There was also a typo in the first paragraph with imminently. So that's yeah. off to God. a great start. Also, suffice it to remember as if we've forgotten. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, don't think I very much remember. <laughs> don't we worry, would Daddy. all like to forget that movie, but it didn't happen. The Girl, a Belgian film about a 15-year-old girl bored in the body of a boy who dreams of becoming a ballerina. All right, so far so good. Why did this film trigger such ferocious reactions in some powerful postmodern post-gender circles? Oh God, he listened to the, he listened to our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, damn it, damn it. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he, this is actually a direct response to that. Yeah, episode. he's like, so she's like, if you're out she's there. like, you're allowed to come on the podcast. You don't need to respond to us on will, Spectator. This is a subtweet. I will feed you all the ideologies you want to eat. <laughs> I will let you to double fished ideologies. You're going to rename our Discord postmodern postgender circle. <laughs> The predominant LGBT plus doctrine encourages the rejection of biologically and or socially given gender identities and advocates individual self-acquaintance and politicization of its identities. Quote, you are free to define yourself as how you feel, question or exclamation mark, and everybody shall accept you as how you define yourself. Wait, I, 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 no, they so shan't. That's okay, like, record. nobody says that. Like, <laughs> Everybody yeah. shall accept you as how you define yourself. That's not what happens. Nobody's no. saying that's what happens. That's the, actually the exact opposite of what happens. I have a feeling like Zizek wrote this article and then went back through with a thesaurus and just like, yes, politicization rather than bitches. Also, also, I want to say anybody who says LGBT plus is a cop. <laughs> true. <laughs> that's true. Also, like of LGBT plus, like no uh, like prefix or anything, just that as if it's like a corporation. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah, it's, it's, we stand it's, um, doctrine. It's an ideology. 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 Yeah, that's the only thing I'm going to enforce in this pol- on this podcast. If any of you so. says ideology, it has to be pronounced that way. Continuing, this exactly is what happens in the film. The teenager Again, protagonist. Just, I have to interrupt. No, it the fuck is not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay, no finish the sentence. Finish the right. sentence first. But yes, I agree. This exactly is what happens in the film. The teenager protagonist is fully encouraged to adopt the way she feels, her identity. She is encouraged to improve point in ballet, described or despite very strict and difficult classical ballet training standards. 
Her doctor prescribes hormones. The ballet instructor gives private lessons to her. The father continuously asks her about her problems to encourage her to talk. She's even encouraged to educate, encouraged to elucidate her fantasies to her psychologist and to her father. Fantasies. And, yeah. And the, and the we see things getting worse. And the we. So this I, was not copy edited, just to be Not clear. copy. Yeah, no, sorry. So if, I, if, I, if I sound like I'm having problems, I'm trying to read stuff and some of it's a little hard. Really bolstering the medium page argument. Yeah, I like that did, theory. Yeah, seriously. No, but like, did Zizek miss the part of the movie where all of her peers bully the shit out of her? Yeah, but also, too, I'd like to point out that, like, there's, like, his highlighting everything around her as this positive environment is something that we fucking pointed out. That, like, it was a terrible trope of the idea that, like, everyone else seemed sane, but she seemed one that was constantly yeah, losing it. Yeah, she had, was in a, like... And we best, fucking called it! Yeah, she was in a best-case scenario, and the char- and yet the characters yeah. still, you know, did this to themselves, and... And, you know, you know what we said? Yeah. We said, what's gonna happen when someone watches this who's, like, a cis person who doesn't know anything, and they see this trans person with all of this support... You and know what, honestly? being an insane person. You know, what, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna write a fucking op-ed in life.spectator.com. <laughs> <laughs> Many LGBT plus goddammit activists attacked it ferociously for its focus on the traumatic aspects of gender transition, for its depiction of the painful details of gender change, claiming that it functions as a pornographic horror show, which it does, although the ballerina on whose life the movie is based uh, defended it staunchly, she didn't cut her dick off, insisting that it portrays perfectly her troubles. Did perfectly. not. Did not. Yeah. That's a fucking lie. She did not cut her dick off. Zizek, yeah. did you miss that part? Yeah, exactly. Is that just not important? What if <laughs> he's like, watched the first hour and a half? Like a this minor is like Steven point. Crowder level investigative journalism. It's just like, like no. all of all of the stuff that she does to herself, like, I mean, to one extent or another, like, obviously not all the same person, but I've met people who have done, like, you know, pretty drastic things during their transition due to, like, their specific comfort levels. But, like, when you really put it into perspective, the cutting the dick off is something that did not happen and is the huge break from reality that happens, mm-hmm. which is not yeah, something no, that has he, happened to anybody. Well, and Zizek, yeah. like, what's well, probably happened to somebody. Well, oh, you know what I mean. Zizek is, is it, like, totally just ignoring that part of the movie entirely. Yeah. yeah. Again, I have a strong hunch he only watched the first 90 minutes. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's trying he, to educate he, himself. Okay, he is an intellectual heavyweight because he chose not to watch the entire movie. <laughs> No hire a copy editor. In these critiques, we are obviously dealing with a conflict between the painful reality of gender transition and its official sanitized version, which puts all the blame on social pressure. Okay, so that's like the crux of this piece, isn't it? Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep that again. That's his first argument. Mm-hmm. Please, if before you continue listening to this episode, go watch or listen to the girl episode because this will it'll explain a lot. Here is a happier version of the transgender transition. Gillette was recently bombarded with praise for publishing an ad which a transgender man is learning to shave. Fucking Gillette ads are the new medium for social commentary. Just all social commentary occurs through Gillette Excuse ads. Excuse me, did you know that Gillette ads threw the first brick at Stonewall? You want to put your finger on the pulse of culture. Uh, watch a Gillette ad. Fuck. Also, the transgender transition is definitely like the name of my new wave band. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ad shows Toronto-based artist Samson Bakabantu. I really hope I pronounced that bat right. Sam- Samson Bonkabatu Brown while he is shaving. 
with some coaching from his father. I always knew I was different. I didn't know there was a term for the type of person that I was. I went into my transition just wanting to be happy. I'm glad I'm at a point where I'm able to shave, he says. I'm at the point in my manhood where I'm actually happy. I shot this ad for Gillette and wanted to include my father, who has been one of the greatest supporters throughout my transition and encouraging me to be confident and live authentically as my best self. That's very sweet. <clears throat> I don't it's wanna... very sweet. This is what I tell to cis people when I just want to change the subject as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're glad that your dad taught you how to shave? <laughs> I mean, I am, but I really don't. Just your light. It's like, oh, I'm so glad my mom sh- t- taught me how to shave my neo vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so validated. What? Oh, God. One has to listen carefully to the words used here. Oh, God, no. This is, this is where it starts going downhill. There is no social constructicism of gender mentioned here. You just discover your true self and then try to live authentically, reaching happiness by being faithful to it. In the, if the term essentialism has any meaning, this is it. Okay, hold on, hold on, okay, hold on, hold yeah, on. I want to. Okay, I want to say. So he is using these two things as a representation of transgender ideology. But Zizek, who is ostensibly a Marxist, is not engaging with the fact that it is an art film engaging with the horrors of a human experience and a fucking razor company capitalizing on the feel-good elements. Yeah. Like, neither of these are things that are, like, well, representative. Well, he's not a Marxist. But I know, I know, I'm take. just saying, let's, he, he fucking says he is. There's another thing I mean, if we've learned anything like, about Isaac, it's that he has learned just enough about Marcus, Marxism to, like, dunk on Jordan Peterson with. <laughs> and that's it. That's yeah. true. To be fair, though, I the, know enough about Marxism to, drunk, to dunk on Jordan Peterson, so... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a low bar, funny. that's what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, another thing about this is, like, this... Suppose like this conflict that he's identified where the official sort of feel good rainbow happy story of transness is bioessentialist and like inconsistent with most people's lived experience is like totally. not a hot take. This like Julia Serrano wrote about this in like nineteen ninety eight. It's not like that's why literally this is not every time one of these ads comes out, it's like, hey, stop like pretending that things are fine to make money off of us. Yeah, like it's yeah. It's, it's really like just like the, the most like Fisher Price like my first gender discourse. To <laughs> yeah, think that exactly. This is what like trans people like this is this is like the vanguard of the dialectic of gender among fucking <laughs> trans activists. Like some yeah. bullshit about authentic self in a Gillette ad. Like go read a single trans. <laughs> Philosopher or psychologist or sociologist. This is not yeah. well, re- a hot take, Shishak. Yeah, like Reed made a good point. Like, there's feel good stuff, and like, obviously, the corporations and LGBT stuff is, a, is a, a topic for a different day, which, hey, Lily, we'll have you back on for that. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait for crushingly Just unpleasant drag you in for the discourse. worst, the worst yeah. discourse. But like, there's like, there's some feel good ads. There was a Campbell Soup ad a while ago where it's like, you know, Luke, or it's like, Luke, I am your father, and there's another dad that shows up. It's like, no, I'm actually your dad. It was kind of cute and kind of sweet, but by no means is it a philosophical yeah it's not it's not engaging it's not engaging with either the like the complexity or the horror but in the same way that like you know a movie like girl and i feel like there has to be equally horrific like fil- art films that have engaged with homosexuality but mm-hmm. that I, I can't think of but there must be some really gnarly ones from the 90s but totally we're yeah we're gonna keep going you know, that are just capitalizing on the horror yeah, we're gonna keep going just because yeah. there's a lot to go through and it turns out we actually have a lot more to talk about this than we thought mm-hmm. if the term essentialism has any meaning this is it 
One should also note that in both cases, the girl and the Gillette ad, we witness a weird patriarchal spin. Although the transition was done in the opposite direction, man to woman in the film, woman to man in the ad, it is the father, a good one this time, who benevolently watches over it. Yeah, all the dads are hot. That's just, that's the, <laughs> if g had said that, I would have been on board. Not surprisingly, we get here a father who serves as the support of the subject's authentic life, of living true to itself, which was always the function of the name of the father. Should we then not evoke here Lakin, who... Lacan. Lacan, okay. Here, Lacan. who said that... <laughs> Pecan. Pecan here, who said that any shelter in which may ha be established is a viable temperate relation of one sex to the other necessitates the intervention or in yeah intervention of that medium known as the parental or paternal metaphor nailed it so father not only guarantees a viable relation of one sex to another he also guarantees a soft painless passage from one sex to another so i mean fun last line there but this is like this part is like not actually that relevant to the rest of the article at all it's just Zizek, like trying to shoehorn in some like lacanian patriarchal theory like there are interest yeah. there are definitely interesting things to say about the way that you know parental approval does or doesn't interact with transition because like oh totally you know it's a mm -hmm. like regardless of either if it's a supportive parent or like someone who's been disowned like it interacts with it mm -hmm. and you know there's the like any of like the ideas of like you know learn like subconsciously learning about gender roles from like your parental figures mm -hmm. and like there is interesting conversations to be had here but again in both yeah. of these he's basing this on a like big prop like a cis representation of what they think this is supposed to be like sorry i was just gonna say like real quick like in terms of like universal themes that's like that's just parenting in general like i mean like if you yeah. have a supportive or negative parent that's going to impact you because like you know that that is the first person that was your support and they know you as you've grown up and you know if it, they're a positive force in your life that can push you forward to do greater things or take more risks or do things that you feel would make you your more authentic self as it was referenced in this article whereas if they're negative you might not too because you still love them and you have complicated mm -hmm. feelings about it mm -hmm. yeah and like the thing, the thing that I think Zizek does wrong here is he moves away from Freud into Lacan, whereas if he had stayed with Freud, he would have correctly identified the transgender dogma that we want to fuck the dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is true. You can go back to any of our episodes, and it's true. Just all of them. Also, for the record, I will say my dad did not guarantee me my soft and painless passage. That was the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's, well that, that's the state daddy, that is. Yeah, the state yeah. daddy. True, 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 true. The, the, the state itself is um, the name of the father. Is the, sur the, the state is the surrogate father. <laughs> Many observers noticed a tension in LGBT plus ideology between social Except, well, You missed it. You, you, you missed the pronunciation. Oh, sorry. Ooh, yeah. yeah, no, you call me out. I have to take a shot. Many observers <laughs> noticed a tension in the LGBT plus ideology between social constructivism and some kind of biological determinism. If an individual biologically identifies perceived as a man experiences himself in this psychic economy a man it is considered a social construct but if an individual biologically identified perceived as a man or as man experiences herself as a woman this is read as an urge not a simple arbitrary construct but a deeper non-negotiable identity which if the individual demands it the demand has to be met by sex changing surgery can someone give Zizek the acronym assign male at birth <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> like that would have made that run on just so much shorter. This paragraph reads like the uh, the thing you sign before you start taking hormones. Right? And you just kind of like gloss <laughs> over it. You're just like, fuck, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm going to lose family and friends. I know I'm subjecting myself to danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I guess what he's trying to say here is that if an AMAB dude is cis, then uh, we allegedly perceive his masculinity as socially constructed. Whereas if an AMAB person is a trans woman, we perceive her femininity as like intrinsic and essential. I mean, that's a, and that's mm-hmm. an interesting conversation Which, to have. I, like, I don't think that way. Like, that's not my take. Well, no, 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 I agree. I, like, I, I think a lot yeah. of trans people don't think that. That's not Julia Serrano's take. That's not yeah. ContraPoints' take. I yeah. mean, like, why, why, has Jacques fucking watched Natalie Wynn? Like, Jeez. Just, <laughs> like, just like the most basic introduction to trans discourses would introduce you to the fact that this is not a new conversation Cause, yeah because it's like the, the argument over you know intrinsic versus constructed like gender is like that's something that like he acts as if this is not something that trans people have been arguing about since like the dawn of time yeah like since yeah uh, yeah it's kind of like he's interjecting himself into a conversation as an expert that's been going on since like fucking forever also if we want to talk freud doing so very paternalistically oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where, whereas yeah. the reality is that he watched a shitty Belgian art film and a Gillette ad. Which again. And he decided that he was the, <laughs> the expert on transgendered dogma. Dangerous fucking representation. Is, like, you know what I bet? This you know is what I think this was? Cultural critique. After the D- Peterson debate, they went out for drinks and fucking oh, Peterson Jesus. just like a <laughs> yeah. poisoned Shishek's like soft, like oily mind. With like, <laughs> and no, has actually had worse taste. He spiked his hot dog water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If anything, Jordan Peterson saw. Oh yeah, that, I guess that's true. Yeah. Actually, yeah. If I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, like, I get it. I get it, Zizek. Look, I get it. You, you, Slavaj, Slavaj, still not ready. Mr. Zizek, yeah, Daddy, Slavon. <laughs> Along the same lines, kindergartens in Norway were told that if a small boy is seen playing with girls, this orientation should be supported. He should be stimulated to play with dolls, etc., so that his eventual feminine psychic identity can articulate. Citation needed. I'm fairly, yeah, I'm fairly certain. Like my my, because I think I read about this because I thought it was interesting. All it is 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 that they refer to, and I can't remember the word, but basically they use a gender neutral term for all the kids, which boils down to something like calling them like little baby chicks. Um, and then basically, like, it just gives them more opportunities to play with whatever. So I think the whole idea was, like, if you see a yeah, boy and, playing and with this, not don't... not to be prescribed. Yeah, it's, the idea is just, like, don't interfere with it, just let him play with it and everything, which is, like, a really good ideology. Like, fucking kids, yeah. you don't need your genitals to operate the toys. Well, and it's, it's like, it's, it's misreading not prescribing gender mm-hmm. as, like, assigning trans, Which is, like, the like, oldest turf. It's the a, opposite gender. That's a big turf talking point, too. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, fucking... Zizek read a Breitbart article about Norway kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, they're all going to be taught by drag queens, and they're all going to eight-year-olds are going to have their dicks cut off with scissors. It's the end of end of society, end of Western civilization. The Freudian solution here is rather simple. Yes. Psychic sexual identity is a choice, not a biological fact, but it is not a conscious choice that the subject can playfully repeat and transform. Okay, here's where I start to kind of clue into what he's saying, and no, that that doesn't, no, that doesn't work. It's like not the hottest take. No. What's he saying? Like, if it is, he's, he's the next sentence, like... 
it's like it's like, like my understanding of this, and again, I could be wrong, <clears throat> but the idea is is that sexual identity is developed through a subconscious yeah uh, interaction, which is like so it's not like you're at, like so like if I was you know if I was Joe Schmo and I chose to be gay, I'm like today I'm going to be gay because I want to be gay. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that over Joe Schmo's life because of uh, psychic uh, sexual identity that mm-hmm. they eventually become those roles. And he's saying it's not a biological factor. Which, yeah, it is an unconscious choice which precedes subjective constitution. Yeah, which like does not, like there are studies on this that people's brains wire differently. And I mean, like I, there, there is an argument that I've heard, which is that even if um, orientation was a choice, it shouldn't matter, which I think is an interesting idea. The fact of the matter is, is that we've already determined scientific communities, not fucking hot dog eating philosophers, that that was something that exists. Anyways. I mean, I, I don't think that's even necessary for Zizek's, like, basically, he goes on to say that, like, the change of this subjective choice entails the radical, trans- the radical transformation of the bearer of the choice, which means that he thinks that, like, being assigned male at birth, that unconscious choice becomes being a man and then to be a trans woman is in fact to make to to reverse that choice Hmm. whereas you could just be like maybe trans people just unconsciously develop transness as their like intrinsic gender or sexual psychic identity Mm -hmm. which it is i i feel a simpler freudian solution than what he's proposing yeah Yeah, he's like oh he's somehow overthinking like his own thesis Exactly. Yeah. It's just, just such a strange note to end on. Like, this feels like the argumentative version of, like, in short, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, he, he, he said. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll just get to the end of this paragraph here because he kind of just finishes up this thought. It is an unconscious choice which precedes subjective constitution and which is, as such, formative of subjectivity, which means that the change of the choice entails the radical transformation of the bearer of choice. Okay, so we... Too many words, next. I know. <laughs> All right, more to read. Wait, is that the end of it? Yeah, that's the end of it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's oh, the shit. end. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. You I'll, see my yeah, point now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's for really, sure. Okay, yeah. like, not a doctoral thesis. He just, like, Sorry, I thought there was something under the... Uh, for, like, a day. Yes. So, that's the article from Life Spectator. Fuck. I don't even know what to say about this. Like... Okay, so my issue, one of my issues with this article is, like, cultural critique and cultural analysis and, like, even cultural psychoanalysis, there is value there. But what mm. Zizek is doing is he is trying to use cultural studies and cultural interpretation to reverse engineer what the transgender community thinks about gender. And in doing so, he just falls flat on his face and makes a fool of himself because he has no idea what conversations are actually going on outside of like fucking Sundance movies and Gillette ads. Like, well, actually, this is funny because those like, are the so only two much, genders, by the way. Like the thing, if anybody yeah, knows anything, <laughs> if anything and knows anybody about, if anybody knows anything about Zizek, it's probably you know like the Pervert's Guide to Ideology and his, you know, processing his mm-hmm. ideas through pop culture, which is fascinating because this is a good example of like you know if you're trying to analyze a minority group that is still like in its you know cultural development phase, how yeah. we're, like using like the media created not by them is exactly is not a good way to do it but the in a different way that you know using mass media to criticize and like analyze capitalism like that makes more sense it makes more sense because the girl like these hollywood films about trans people aren't made by trans people and they don't exist in like a trans cultural consciousness Mm -hmm. they exist in a cis one and Mm -hmm. so more than reflecting 
the ideology of trans people about gender, they're reflecting the ideology of cis people about transness. And like, there is something, like we are kind of doing cultural analysis here on this podcast as we are watching these movies by cis people and reverse engineering what cis people as like a broad group and like what our culture as a whole thinks about transness and queerness. Yeah. And like, but he's trying to do the opposite, which is just like, it's, it's backwards. It's as backwards and it just embarrasses himself. Yeah, and like this article too is almost like perfect representation of saying the quiet part loud, which is just this like, even for supportive people, which I think Zizek is, it's complicated. It's it's complicated. I wouldn't say that. I will say complicated. Fine. It's one of those things where it's basically, like I said, it's the quiet part loud, which is the idea of just like, he's trying to find it. To me, as an outsider, it almost reads like he's trying to find a way to re-interject the argument about it being a choice again, which he is. And because mm-hmm. like the human, like on a scientific level, the human brain hasn't been mapped out yet. So we're still working on that. But he's trying to like shoehorn in philosophy to something that's being more broadly discussed in the scientific community. I mean, science is still philosophy, but also like another thing is I don't think he's saying it's a choice in the sense that people would say being gay is a choice. I think he's saying that to be gay or to be trans results from like unconscious and subjective experiences throughout development, which the simple aspect of that is like what Freud said about gay people, which is that you're gay because some fucked up sex shit happened to you when you were a baby. And yeah. it's like, it's not, it's not a hot take and it's also not progressive. Yeah, But exactly. it's, it's not quite that it's a choice. It's more that it's like some kind of developmental abnormality. Mm-hmm. Does anybody else have any takes on this? I think we were pretty thorough on all of this. We went oh, point. God. Yeah, we went by that. point by point. I mean, this wasn't going to be a longer episode uh, anyways, but... It's longer than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah but that's fair. I thought this was going to be 20 minutes, but we really went in. Well, we wanted, we, yeah, we wanted to do something short just for the in-between weeks. I mean, like, ultimately, these are interesting articles, and I look forward to kind of diving into it more and understanding more. But I think one of the big things, uh, and I'd like to thank all three of you for doing, is that allowing uh, our listeners and me to understand this in a way that uh, makes sense. Because I, I'll be honest, the first time I read this, I was kind of at a loss about half of this. But he's and like intentional. Like his writing isn't. It's like obtuse. It's difficult. It kind of tr- tries to be. I think. Oh yeah, it's very like old school academic. Like big yeah. words equal sound yeah. smart. And like, well, he's like an overcomplicated. He's an overcomplicated, like old school academic trying to be like a pop philosopher. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and it's it's difficult to read. And I think honestly, part of his existing reputation as this intellectual heavyweight on the left comes from the fact that his writing is not really accessible, <laughs> except in yeah. certain. Um, he's, certain things are accessible. He's, he's left. He's left wing Peterson. Yeah, exactly. Now there is. Uh, before we kind of close off here, I actually would like to pose a, a question to all three of you to see if maybe there's an answer for this. Um, we hadn't discussed this ahead of time, but this just dawned on me as we're going through this. And actually, as Amy just said about like left wing, or sorry, Reed just said left wing Jordan Peterson. In terms of like leftist ideologies, because we're going to step away just a little bit from the the queer element of this for a moment. I know weird, but I would like to understand like, <clears throat> does Zizek serve a purpose? as a gateway to leftism. And I would like to like say that, like things like- Oh, that's like a very different question. Yeah, um, so uh, just like, I think it's an interesting question. Like it's all opinion based, but like obviously there are more, I think for us as well, like I, I hold pretty leftist views far left of this and Zizek's e- equation in this, but do you think that he still has a purpose and a place in left-wing circles as almost like an introduction or gateway in for people that might be interested? No. I, 
I, I want to elaborate on that. Yeah. No, so I don't nice. think that he is a gateway. I think that he's more of a sinkhole. He, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So I, I really don't think Zizek is a gateway because he's like, if you, when we talk about gateways to the right, like Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. what we mean by that is that there are these like alienated boys who are lonely and confused and learn about politics in high school. So they don't know anything. And they watch Jordan Peterson videos on YouTube and then they get interested in right-wing thought and then they fall deeper and deeper. No alienated white boy is sitting in his bedroom. He doesn't know anything about philosophy or history and watching Zizek lectures because Zizek is inaccessible to layman's or laymen, lay people. Um, And it's like, I think that what Zizek's function um, in the left, he, he does have a place which is among like Lacanian nerds who want to discuss like sort of left-wing cultural critiques through a Lacanian framework. And there is like mm-hmm. something there. Mm-hmm. And also besides that, which is like 200 people, he has this other function on the left that I think is a bit toxic where people who already are sort of halfway radicalized look up to him as some kind of like interesting character who does- Well, he's like, he's sort of the bad, like the really bad version of like dirtbag leftism or like proto dirtbag leftism yeah he's he's, the idea of somebody who like wants to not be conservative but also not want to like respect women or yeah he's like if chapo was made by boomers who had actually read hegel (laughs) (laughs) all right no that's good i thank you yeah i just thought it would be kind of a good place because um there are um more than like the online circles that I'm in, like for example on Twitch, there is a streamer named Destiny who's very pro-capitalist, but also tends to fight a lot of right-wingers from a lot of leftist standpoints. And so there was mm-hmm. a conversation about his place in leftist ideologies, whereas like he's kind of a gateway for people to kind of go from there into something else. So I think yeah, like, I well, I don't really see that happening. Yeah. No, because also like probably like you know, aside from, like, I'm sure, I haven't read any, like, of Zizek's actual books, and I'm sure that there's some, you know, good insight in there. But the thing that he's most known for, and is, I think, like, still good and thought-provoking, is, like, the perfect guide to ideology film. Mm -hmm. But that is what BreadTube is. Like, BreadTube is just doing, like, those types of pop culture Marxist analysis. You're right. I think that... that And they're doing it better. They're doing it better. Perfect. Like, his his more poppy stuff, like, perfect guide to ideology is a bit more, does a bit more so that function. And you're right, like, LeftTube does the same thing. Fucking Means TV does the same thing. I mean, go watch, like, mm-hmm. and, and like, there are other sort of pop leftists, like, yeah. I would much rather someone who is a bit alienated and doesn't know anything get really into Chomsky yeah. than get really into Zizek, oh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Chomsky actually serves that function a lot better than Zizek does, as, like, the old... Plus Chomsky is actually, like, entertaining to listen to. The old to. white guy like leftist philosopher who has clout and is kind of a, an interesting character and a speaker who you can engage with. It's actually a little bit more accessible. Yeah, no, that's fair. Perfect. Um, so I guess with that, like I said, it was going to be a shorter episode anyways. That's pretty much the end of it. Uh, like I said, we just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to touch on this, especially since it linked back to one of our earlier episodes. I would again encourage you all to give it a listen, even if you've listened to it uh, before, maybe give it a listen again after this article. And so maybe you can kind of see our point about the idea of this being a, uh, a a girl being a toxic representation, which is just like, this is a prime example of what we're saying, which is that the wrong person saw that movie 
and drew a very weird comparison from it. So yeah, without further ado, that's pretty much the end of the show. Zizek, also known as the wrong person. Yeah, the wrong person. <laughs> Uh, the wrong that's name. the English pronunciation of his name. So yeah, thank you all. Also again. the title of my uh, transition biopic. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, thank you all again for joining us. And thank you to our guest comedian, Lily. I'm going to refer to you as comedian on the show from now on because you are and you're hilarious. Ooh, what a what a, a elite honorific. I, I will say, uh, I did note that like... I uh, completely ducked out of the episode once we got to any actual like cogent analysis of this article. Like, that's okay. I that's really okay. proved that okay. I'm a comedy person because I was like strictly here for the dunks. Yeah, no, that's no, fair. You, no. we, we spent about half the episode on dunks and you were fucking on fire for that. That's, and then thank we moved you. On that's what I'm here to do. Just... I'm here to just plunk three pointers. I know basketball lingo now because I live in Toronto and it's inescapable. <laughs> How we doing? <laughs> Perfect. Well, um, uh, Lily, before we wrap up here, is there anything you want to plug or uh, let everyone know about? Uh, Yeah. So as I just mentioned, I do live in Toronto now, which means I'm like actually kind of properly doing comedy. So uh, follow me on Instagram at uh, L-I-L-Y-K-M-A-K-O-W-S-K-I. And I will like post uh, book shows that I have around the city there. So if you live there, uh, come see me and support Trans Girl Comedy because I'm in the biggest uh, comedy scene in the country and there's still only like three of us. So, (laughs) but Toronto's... Well, hopefully, hopefully doing enough episodes with us you'll be able to add some more um you know highbrow highbrow humor into into yeah, it exactly. and really set you apart and you can double that number to like six <laughs> guys, maybe by the end of the decade yeah that's awesome you got, mm-hmm. you, got you got you hear about this hegel guy <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with cutting your dick off Anyways, uh, not um, unlike my actual material. <laughs> um, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Madeline Hops. I'm at Robert underscore is dead on uh, Twitter. <laughs> I'm Ree Carter, R H I R H I C A R T E R. And also go join our Patreon because we want money. <laughs> Yeah, Look, you'll have more it. bonus episodes like this, uh, yeah. where, in which I get completely exposed for my lack of actual knowledge about academia or philosophy. No, no this is why we have you on here. Yeah. I need to feel less lonely. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I figure going forward, like these kind of mini sods might just uh, become like Patreon exclusives. Yeah. Like once we just have more patrons. Yeah, but for now so. they'll be released early for yeah. patrons, and um, and then y'all will be hearing them a bit later. But um, yeah, again, thank you for that. Oh, uh, I didn't say who I yeah, was. Yeah, I was just saying, Amy, you're up. I'm Amy. <laughs> Yeah, Ree. <laughs> Fuck. I'm at Lavender Ashtray on Twitter. I'm here to do annoying takes about <laughs> psychoanalysis now, I guess. Yeah, I guess this is what we're, we're now a psychoanalysis uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, again, from all of us on the show, thank you for joining us and thank you for supporting us. Again, mini episodes, we'll be trying to do them more often. And uh, if you have any suggestions or something, join our Discord and yell at us. We have a good suggestion box, but if you're a Patreon member, uh, you get the better suggestion box, which is cool, which is great, and capitalism at its finest. All right. And also, we get money. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It helps us Don't pay for our hosting costs. We're so close to having costing costs, costing costs every month covered, which would be awesome. Oh, and also, if you join, if you become a patron in our uh, Discord, because um, we're working on merch right now, and you'll be able to actually, like, because we want to surprise people with merch, but if you're a patron, then we can, like, bounce ideas off. Yeah, and I just <laughs> ordered some more samples yesterday, so we'll hopefully be getting those patches sorted out. I want a yeah. shirt that says partisan of LGBT plus. <laughs> <laughs> ET That's the name of the tier, for sure. <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, from all of us, thank you again for joining, and we'll see you all uh, actually in a week now. All right, so talk to you later. Bye. 
Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.